0: Hello and welcome to Atomic Radio Hour episode 258 and boy oh boy do I have a episode for you today. I have one hell of an episode for you today. Uh, I'm incredibly excited about what we're going to talk about in our third segment and because I want that click and watch retention baby we're going to be talking about Starfield for a while at the end of this program. Quick little update on uh, my computer. I uh, have it; it's next to me, but it's still on the fritz. So I got it back. They fixed it. They—I think I said it last week. They threw in an extra fan. Everything's tip-top, Magoo. The only problem is now it won't run anything, and I think—I don't think it's the—the—I the, don't think it's the people that fixed its problem. Uh, I—they told me what what they thought it might have been. I think I did this, so I have to take it back get it fixed. Hopefully soon, the five-year anniversary of the show is coming up, and hopefully soon I'll have it. Uh, I'll have it back to where I have the laptop so I can do the green screen behind me. I want to keep doing the gameplay stuff, though, for multiple reasons. One, I feel like it adds a little extra, but also numbers have been going crazy. A lot more than usual because of the gameplay. So I think I'm going to keep doing gameplay. I don't know what games. It just also makes me want to get a nicer PC so I can have footage of Fallout 4 as well. And do that. Because Fallout 4 I have to record on my PlayStation, put it on a flash drive, put it on the computer. put it. It's, it's a whole thing. But when I do everything from the computer, it's ten times easier. I, I really want to tell you about this week's lore. I really want to tell you about Starfield and how I'm feeling about it. Things that I'm very, very excited to share with you guys. So I'm honestly just going to get right into it. Before I get into it, I really need to address the Patreon. I have to thank the Patreon. If you want, if you enjoy the show, there is a tier on the Patreon for $10 a month called the Film Live in Front of a Studio Audience tier. I have someone with me now, Captain Lennox. Hello, Cap. He watched the direct with me. Uh, hello. He watched the direct, uh, the Starfield direct with me. It was me, Kyle. I, I put it out. It was last minute. We said real quick, let's do it. We did it. If you want to be part of the community in a more in-depth level, make sure to join the Discord. And if you want your voice heard in the lore or if you want to watch these episodes get recorded live or listen to them get recorded live, The $10 tier in the Patreon is your best bet for that. The film live before a studio audience. Because of the Patreon, my last PC repair was completely paid for by the patreon so the show can continue to grow and get bigger and stronger and because of that i have to thank some people so starting from the top i have to thank the og noah thank you noah after noah i have to thank danny thank you danny after danny i have to thank marcus thank you marcus after marcus i have to thank mellow millhouse thank you mellow millhouse and last but absolutely certainly not least I have to thank Captain Lennox, who is at the Film Live Before a Studio audience tier and is with me as I speak recording this live. Like I said prior, thank you guys. Because of your support, your patronage, the show can grow and become bigger and better. Now, this week's lore, like I said prior, I I like uh, doing the gameplay and I just enjoyed capturing gameplay and messing around. Thank you. I'm, it's a pleasure when someone's here. I, I get a like a real invigoration out of doing the show live. It's really opened up a new dimension. So I thank you for being here. I really enjoy playing a little bit of Skyrim, messing around with the with the console commands, and getting some footage, running around, and seeing familiar faces and capturing them, and doing like little pieces of quests to make sure that I could get enough footage and explain things. So I wanted to do more New Vegas, and I just. I, I, I've i been thinking a lot about my character builds, and especially with Starfield, I was thinking about what kind of character I want to make. And my favorite type of character to make, if you don't already know, is a charisma build. I enjoy so much walking into somebody's establishment, them telling me how something is, me looking at them and laughing, and then going, you have no clue what you're talking about, and then getting what I want out of it. There's something so special to me about that, that Bethesda games, that these RPGs really really touch upon. So I went to the Patreon, and even at the $1 tier your voice is heard, I asked them, what do you want to hear? Would you rather hear about the Chairman or the Kings? So if you want to hear any lore, and I mean any lore whatsoever, join the Patreon, because even at the $1 tier your voice is heard in the weekly poll. And this week's lore, by way of Patreon, is on the Kings from Fallout New Vegas. Now, before I can talk about the kings, I really got to talk about the king himself. You kind of get a two-for-one here. Sometime in the mid-2240s, a kid, never given a name by the way, just a kid, grew up in a small town that would later become Freeside. Sometime during the 2270s, Mr. House took the three families under his control. So for this 30-year period, there are Tribes, small tribes, there's little gangs, little just groups of people that are trying to command their own turf, their own slice of what they believe is a freedom, a a place where they could make a little money, they could have a family, they could live, they can laugh, they can love, for lack of a better term. And these three families, these three large tribes that were taken under by Mr. House were the chairman the White Glove Society, and the Omertas. Now, you never find out what the chairman's original names are. It's very much just they were, they're were referred to as the chairman. They don't say their old name, the White Glove Society. Again, the Omertas. It's never said directly if that is their name pre-becoming a family and no longer a tribe. But these are the three families that are picked by, by house. And there's a power vacuum that's left behind because they were three big tribes. And now these surrounding areas, if you look at what's around Vegas, it's very desolate. It's fiends. A lot of that power is gone. A lot of those gangs either assimilated into or went elsewhere. And I'm going to get into what the king has to say about this in a little bit, uh, which I feel like describes it perfectly. Because of the king's formation, though, they created some form of order. There was some sort of a controlled chaos because of the king's establishing some sort of a reign. I'll get into their beliefs and their ideology in just a moment, but they made the best of a bad situation. And I want to read this quote directly from the king himself. The courier can ask him, what can you tell me about Freeside? And the king can say, to understand Freeside, you have to look back a few years. Originally, we were all just tribes making a living in the area, and that all changed when Mr. House came around. He made an offer to the three biggest tribes that would listen to him. Today, everyone calls those tribes the families, and they live in luxury and run their own casinos on the Strip. The rest of us were left to fight over the crumbs, living in the shadow of those more fortunate. Things got pretty nasty for a while, but we wanted more, a place to our own, a place where no one could tell us what to do, and we didn't want to go elsewhere to find it. So we took control of this place and made it our own. And that's all Freeside is. The best of a bad situation. The King... The Kings and the King... I remember seeing them as a kid and appreciating them... Because of the history that Vegas has with Elvis. Because you would expect to see an Elvis impersonator. You would expect to see something along those lines. And I feel like as I got older... Especially learning more about their ideology and what they believe in... And my love of the followers of the Apocalypse... I appreciate them a lot more. It's very much a ragtag team of people that want to help the community. Now, the king, uh, before being known as just the king, moved into the king school of impersonation, an Elvis impersonation school. I've never seen Elvis. He was dead long before I was born. I've never seen him live. I'm not an Elvis man myself, but I appreciate the style and the substance, and I've seen clips of Elvis impersonators. By the way, tangent time. Look up Clownvis. He's an Elvis impersonator that dresses up like a clown. It's all I should really have to tell you. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I haven't listened to his music, but just seeing Clownvis pop up on my Instagram always makes me laugh. Anyway, Elvis impersonation is, in my mind, synonymous with Vegas, this is the same way I think of... Wayne Newton as Mr. New Vegas, as I think of Dean Martin, as I think of the Rat Pack, Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr. It's, it's you know, it all goes together. And what's wild is it's all one era, but it's also of different times, the way I think of Caratop and Penn and Teller and Neon and Bugsy Siegel and Howard Hughes and Hollywood. Even though it's outside of Hollywood and the mob and all these pieces of Americana, it's all fits together. Now, the tribe that invades, which, again, we're never really told the name of the tribe. They invade into this school. They believe this to be a place of worship. They see that there's all these posters, all this signage, all of this different stuff that commemorates this man known as the king. They, Like I said, they believe this to be a place of worship, and they want to emulate themselves. Emulate? No. They want to impersonate. They want to. They want to take on the, the the traits that they believe that this man had. This king, the king, the king of rock and roll had. They never refer to Elvis by name in the game. These hollow tapes are there. They start dressing in the style of Elvis. They start talk. They start talking about the real uh, kind of almost slurry spoken spokenness that they have. And. I I actually, when I read that quote before, I debated doing my best Johnny Bravo impression when I read that. I decided against it. But there are people that took on an ideal... It almost reminds me of The Warriors. Have you ever seen that movie or played the game where every every gang kind of has a theme? On the upper level of the school, they found jailhouse suits, uh, Memphis kid outfits, leather jackets, a suit, just a regular schmegular suit, and copious... I mean, copious amounts of hair gel. Now, they, they have this look about them. They have this greaser, tough guy attitude. One of the best groups, one of the best factions in all of Fallout, if you ask me. They use 10 millimeter pistols, 357 uh, Magnum revolvers, 10 millimeter SMGs, and straight racers. A real ragtag bunch of practical things that you could find easily, especially in the region. Things that were would be used to defend their own. They're just... I just love them. I really do. Like, uh, to gush a little bit. The king took the moniker of the king and became the big boss of the kings. The kings themselves are anarchists. And I feel like growing up, I was always told that anarchy was, like, a bad thing. And... Uh, The older I got, the more I realized anarchy just means just, you know, don't impede on other people's freedoms. And that's pretty much what the kings believe. They say every man is a king in their own right, and they see it as freedom. Freedom means that you don't impede on others' freedom. As long as they're not hurting others, you, you don't really have a right to impede on that. Yes, the kings have a little bit of a way to make money, but they use that money that they get. To reinvest it into the community and help out Freeside. They live here, they work here, they shop here, they die here. This is their community. They love Freeside. It's their place to be. So even though they might have something like the water pump where they charge people to refill canteens or take drinks out of, that money gets redispersed. Also, they have to feed their own people. The kings themselves are highly respected in Freeside. Freeside is just this ragtag, like you don't have enough money to go elsewhere. You kind of gamble there. Maybe you have enough money to go to uh, Vegas if you win enough. But it's just this beautiful allegory for just what society truly is even now. And they look out for the community. They're highly respected. And depending on the player's actions, they could either join forces with the followers of the apocalypse. They could work against them. The kings can be wiped out. And it all kind of depends on which way you go with G.I. Blues and a couple other miscellaneous stuff around Freeside. Especially how the NCR is expanding eastward. Uh, The NCR expansion eastward brings squatters and NCR soldiers to Freeside. And they take up resources that Freeside doesn't have much of and the NCR doesn't have much of. And they're at somewhat of an impasse. The kings and the NCR can make up, they can work together, they can work against each other, there could be a whole big kerfuffle uh, between the two of them, and it just kind of depends on the player character's actions. Now, I get all of my lore, all my Fallout lore, off of fallout.fandom.com, the Nukopedia, if you will. And there's a few things I want to read real quick, directly off the wiki, like how the hierarchy of the kings works. Now, I said they are... Uh, they are an-, an anarchist group, but there are some people that are at the top. The king being the leader, Pacer being his right-hand man, who's actually a childhood friend, Rex the dog, Sergio, Tapper, and the courier could join if he likes. I love them. <laughs> just, just to, like, gosh, again, I, I think they're fantastic. There's some, there's some trivia, some notes, some stuff I'd like to read for you real quick. These notes I want to read are about the king himself, some, some just fun stuff inside of the headquarters inside of the, the King school of impersonation there's a bunch of easter eggs laid about one of them one of my favorites being how to make an elvis style sandwich which is a peanut butter and bacon and banana sandwich a favorite of elvis uh which through reading this i looked up how to make one because uh bacon peanut butter and bananas are three things that i love and then you put it on a sandwich what are you kidding me I, I, for those who don't know uh, the recipe I saw. and there's there's a recipe on Letterman from like way, way, way back in the day that you take a cast iron pan and throw in, and I kid you not, two sticks of butter into the cast iron pan. Yes, I said two sticks of butter and you take you take two slices of bread, peanut butter both sides, banana both sides, throw that in the pan so it crisps up with the butter. Put bacon on top of bo- two slices of bacon on each side, and then honey in between both. Once it's nice and crisp, you put it together, squish it down. This is why Elvis died fat and on the toilet. But you could find that uh, I I think everyone should make that once. That just sounds like a thing that I think everyone should have that at least once. At the end of the quest, GI Blues, uh, the king will say thank you, thank you very much, which is a reference uh, to Elvis himself, a very famous saying that Elvis said. Some more fun Easter eggs about Elvis and the king is that the king is quoted by Mr. New Vegas calling the NCR refugees the devil in disguise and that he doesn't want to see the NCR in the ghetto and calling for a mass return to sender. All songs by Elvis Presley. Another reference is that the King mentions he'd like to see a little more talking and a little less fighting, which is a reference to a line by Elvis, a little less conversation and a little more action from the song, A Little Less Conversation. A brief voice clip can also be heard on Radio New Vegas. If the Courier convinces... If the Courier convinces the King to side with NCR at the conclusion of G.I. Blues, he says, I feel so bad, I think it's time we reconsider, baby. Both I Feel So Bad and Reconsider Baby are songs, again, by Elvis. The King also refers to the NCR soldiers as Soldier Boys, which is a song called Soldier Boy, which is an Elvis song. Quests that are involved with the King G.I. Blues and Ain't No Noth- Excuse Me, Nothing But a Hound Dog are also songs and movie titles from Elvis. He also says that Rex's condition is all shook up, which is another Elvis song. Oh, excuse me. Originally, developers had planned a romance option with Cass, where the courier would challenge her to a d- drinking contest, resulting in both of them getting blackout drunk and then waking up the next morning to discover they had inadvertently gotten married during the night in a ceremony with the king as the officiator. Provided the player had enough good reputation with the gang, the king would sing Love Me Tender. However, obtaining performance rights to the Elvis song provided to be too costly, and Chris Avalone was against romance in games in general. He has his own card. He's the king of the spades, and uh, the kings have their own little vault boys. They have their own card, the ten of spades. Their own little king gang member, the, the the back patch. Everything about them. I love the kings. I think they're fantastic. Patreon folks, thank you so much for choosing them. I had a blast reading this. I just absolutely adore anarchists that are doing stuff for the community. My dream collaboration for where West Coast Fallout is is that the kings, the Followers of the Apocalypse and the Gunrunners all work together, and they have a, just a commie party where they help each other out. I love the Kings, and that is everything for this week's lore. Okay, guys, I have a confession to make for segment three of this show. I'm excited about something, and I'm very, very excited to share this with you. This is one of my favorite times of the year. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This E3 time I'm going to refer to it as. I know E3 doesn't exist anymore, but this E3 time is one of my favorite times. It's like Christmas for adults, in my opinion. And there's been some stuff that has been going on. Ubisoft had a press conference. There's been the Summer Games Fest, which didn't really have a ton of stuff I was super-duper interested in. Microsoft came around and they had great stuff. I have two things that I have written down here. I just watched the Starfield Direct once again. So I'm going to go over mostly Starfield. But let me just get through this quick. Avowed looks dope. I am not a medieval person. My D&D, I always said my D&D was based on Shrek 2. When they go to Far, Far Away and it's like based on Hollywood. And they have like the white Bronco chase joke and everything like that's what D&D f- is for me. So I don't really like medieval stuff, but Avowed looks dope. And it's based on Pillars of Eternia. And Kyle was like, oh, now I gotta play it. Apparently, Kyle uh, is a big Pillars of Eternia guy. No clue. Never played him. I don't know anything about him, but Avowed looks dope. It looks like a rolling it lost, and it's also an obsidian game, so I'm expecting it to be written beautifully. Uh. Uh, and Fable. I play a lot of Fable 2 in the day. Fable 3 doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. I do not enjoy that game. I don't want it near me. It is not allowed to come home with my daughter. But, I'm excited for these games. I wish we would have saw something about Psychonauts. I, I kind of think Psychonauts would work really well as a Saturday morning cartoon, even an interstitial game. Or hell, a third one. A, just another double fine game would have been dope to see. South yeah. of Midnight. Yeah, thank you Captain Lennox. This is the perks. You become part of the show. South of Midnight, that was the Bayou one. That was like the southern, uh, the blues man, right? Yes. The I remember you saying this when Captain Lennox watched it with us. It was an ana- anatomically correct guitar that was animated. That was a super Do, do you remember any more since you're here? Because I didn't rewatch the whole thing and uh, Kyle fell ill. I haven't. Uh, I, I, I don't know if he took notes, but I don't have him to go off of. If there's anything else you remember. I remember that. I was surprised we didn't see anything about another Gears of War game. That's like one of the things that nothing Halo related whatsoever. We did see for 76. Let me bring this up as an East Costa. Uh, Fallout 76 is going to Atlantic City. Atlantic City, baby. So get ready to see just a version of New Vegas, but not. I really want to see Like, it might make me play the game to see Atlantic City. They're getting closer and closer to Philadelphia. And if they do Philadelphia... I'll lose my mind. I see Pennsylvania, like not just the pit, but Pennsylvania. I'd lose my mind, especially they do the area of PA that I'm from. I'll go bonkers. Cuckoo bananas. The Sea of Thieves. Okay. So Captain Lennox brings up Sea of Thieves uh, doing Monkey Island expansion. Super dope. I never played them. I always wanted to play them. A great bit of a nostalgia for those who grew up with it. Captain Lennox also brings up uh, Clockwork. It's Bioshock esque uh, Clockwork Revenge. I'm sorry that I don't have the name in front of me. Looks super dope. Very much reminds me of kind of like Bioshock Infinite mixed with Dishonored, and you play with time. looks Looks like a looks like a very interesting concept. Looks like something that back in the day, or even hell, maybe even now, I would have been very very into. Clockwork Rebellion sounds right, Cap. That sounds about right. If I haven't already stated this, which I don't think I have, the, the 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 video for this will just be the direct. Either you're it's either rebellion or revolution, it's something like that. The Starfield Direct should be behind me. I'd like to talk about the Starfield Direct for a moment if you don't mind. You ready? Oh my god, have I not been this excited for a game in decades. I have uh, maybe decades is, is, is a well yeah I've only been alive for two and a two and a half decades but still it feels like a decade since I've been this excited for a game. It almost I mean 2015 was Fallout 4. This game I I watched this direct and I watched it with the Discord but I also had a friend over watching it with me and let me tell you I I must have said four or five times cap please attest test for me if you a test for me if you remember this. I must have said three or four times. I feel like this game is being made for me it's a it's an rpg in every sense of the word man that you do remember thank you i i it's an rpg it's the type of rpg i want to play it i they didn't it has skill trees the skill trees i what do i have written down here i have six six little note cards in front of me skill trees that there are four ranks per skill on these massive skill trees there's there's space piracy which is a big thing you can you can intercept a ship and be like, hey, I want you and all the people on your ship out. It's my ship now. And they could be like, no way. And you can dock their ship and you can go on there. You can take out all their men. You can take their stuff. Then you own the ship, send it to a port. I have a feeling this is a game that like, I know a lot of people that said they, they played Skyrim and Skyrim for them was they didn't touch the main quest. They put 120 hours into the game, did the quest and then did another 120 hours at like 350 and then were like, cool, let's do it again. I don't want to speak too soon. I hate hype. I hate trailers. I, I, that's why I stopped watching a lot of stuff because games were coming out and they weren't meeting the hype for me. And I thought, you know, what, maybe let me stop watching stuff. But this feels like a game that was made for me. It's an immersive sim. There's characters to meet. I, I, I love loneliness in a game. Like, I think that's why... Hear me out on this one. I think it's why I like Fortnite a lot is because Fortnite has such a sense of loneliness. And if we could just come together and work together, we wouldn't have to fight. Like, yes, it defeats the purpose of the game, but, like, you drop... I have to kill everyone as soon as I get down. Like, I have to pick up all these weapons... I appreciate the idea that I could get in a ship, fly to a planet, hang out on that planet for 10 hours, and not talk to a soul. Just 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 explore. What's this cave? What's this research facility that's abandoned? What's here? What stories are there? Why are there skeletons strewn about? And then leads me into a cave, and there's a giant monster that I have to kill. There's just, uh, there's uh, thousands of planets, vast new texts, real-time renders of lights, If you're on a planet and you see light being refracted off of the moon onto the planet, you can leave the planet, go to the moon, and explore that. Just so much stuff that, like, I would want to do. This feels almost like a more refined version of the original No Man's Sky. There's, like, dirty, vintage, 60s, 70s space feel from NASA. The one designer refers to it as lo-fi sci-fi. There's there's tubes and like smaller screens. Not everything is 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 Star Wars. Not everything. Excuse me. Not everything is Star Trek. And I have never watched Star Trek. I never became a Trekkie. But like the idea of everything being clean and concise doesn't. I don't like that for space. This feels like the right amount of dirty. It feels like the right amount of cobbled together. It feels like we're trying to make it, man. Like like man's man's uh, man's quest got too big. Captain Lennox is saying it, it made them feel like when when them and their dad would play Eve online and I get that. I've never played the I never played Eve. I never play what's the one there's another one that's a big space one that I can't think of. Jeez. Oh, um I know that you could like download mods for it that you can like talk to your ship. Ah, Christ, I wish I remember what it was. Anyway, there's there's so much like New Atlantis's scale. Like, uh, let me talk about the, the the few locations they showed off. New Atlantis's scale, the scale of what I'm assuming is going to be the biggest city. I assume it's going to be their Diamond City, their Rivet City, uh, their Megaton. It's going to be their Cyrodiil, I believe, is from Oblivion. The scale of it, looking up and just feeling like I am such an insignificant. That's my favorite thing about living in Colorado. Living in Pennsylvania. There's trees everywhere. So you kind of feel like the world is only as big as the trees or the building next to you if you go to a city. But the part of PA I was in, the trees, nine times out of 10, are bigger than the the, the, the buildings, the houses. And when I moved out to Colorado, there's just such vast nothingness. And I talked to another East Coaster and they said they didn't like it because it made them feel so small. And I like it because it makes me feel so small. It makes me feel so truly insignificant. And I feel like we just have this, uh, this is tangent time. Us as humans have this inflated sense of self. And the fact that I can sit at an open field and look out for miles and maybe see a mountain, that's 100 miles away, 200 miles away, makes me feel so beautifully insignificant. And I can't wait to be on a planet and look up and see stars and a moon and two other planets in the distance with rings and some sort of alien life and go, I mean nothing in the grand scheme of any of this. I can't wait to be on a planet alone. I can't wait to hear, like this, I like playing video games with headphones. I'm a big advocate for, I have a nice big speaker system. Uh, I I love my setup, but I'm a huge advocate for headphones when you play a game. And I was wondering, is is there going to be a radio system? Am I going to be able to listen to some tunes? Cap is saying the feeling that I'm describing is the reason why they like open world games. Yeah, me too. I love that, like, that's the one thing I will always give Fallout 4, is Fallout 4 had such a sense of scale that I don't feel like has been matched since 76, honestly. And I dog on 76 all the time, but walk into a nuclear power plant in 76 and look at the smokestacks as you walk into it. Look up above you and see everything and just, uh, it, it, it makes me want to swim in the experience. Like, I want to take every second and just, just, like, I don't mind a wine tasting. My, my biggest fear isn't, is the game going to be buggy? Someone from Microsoft said it's going to be released with the least amount of bugs a Bethesda game has ever come out with. Sure, fine, great, whatever. I doubt it, but let's see what happens. And I just want to... Uh, I just want to, like... I want to make sure I have enough time to play this. Cat makes another salient point. Games with dynamic scenery, like God of War 2018 and seeing the serpent blew them away. And I get that. That be that's actually that's a perfect example. As I like replay that scene in my head, as you and Atreus just kind of like scoot by, and you see this. Oh my God! Like I can't wait to just be on. You know, there's gonna be a sandworm. You know, there's gonna be a planet that has a dune like sandworm. Like I can't. Jeez, let me. Okay, so constellation. I don't care, and I don't know what the story is. I just want to explore. There's space pirates and cowboys. I can do a a a, a cowboy bebop. Are you kidding me? Cowboy bebop, man. But like, just just to be a pirate, just to be a cowboy, just to walk around and have fun. The, the new cities. The new cities that they show off, I brought it up uh, briefly before New Atlantis. When they show you these cities, I feel like there's so many small nooks and crannies. Like They show that you can take, which I'll get to in a second, these traits that one of them is like Beastmaster. And you could be in a restaurant and the guy's like, I need a Beastmaster because I want to try one of the most elegant, decadent uh, luxuries that the space constellation has to offer. And like, there's going to be so many little stories that I wonder, do I get to pick up on them Because I have this trait or because I don't have the trait, do I miss them entirely? Like, I could spend 40 hours on a planet, but if I don't run into the right guy, do I never get the quest? Like, the the feeling of losing out is just, oh my god, I, I, I could swim in it. Like, I keep saying it. The character customization. The character customization. There's, I don't think I've ever seen character customization for teeth that wasn't just full teeth, some teeth, no teeth. And they showed off earrings. They showed off teeth. They showed off making your character look old. I'm going to make my character an old man, probably old man Vince. Hello, hi, how are you? Like, doing doing an old man in space, they showed off the gravity. When you shoot a gun in zero G, it pushes you back. There's laser weapons. There's, which I think I'm going to do, I don't know, I want to do a stealth run, but I I, I don't know. I want to do a, a charisma run, because I always do a charisma run. Just, the, the back groups, the back groups, Oh, backers. The backgrounds makes it feel like D&D. The traits. They showed off the adoring fan one, which is just the uh, the fan from, I believe it's the pit. The fighting pit thing from Oblivion. The skill points. There's actual perk trees. You, It, it, it seems like you build a character that gets stronger. The one person in the direct behind me talks about how... They like to build out a strength character and they just beat the hell out of everybody. I, I'm thinking about making a second character that just does that because I've always wanted to do... This is a game I can see myself playing for like 10 years. And I know and I know I'm know i letting the hype get to me and I know that like I have my qualms with Bethesda. I, I have my qualms with Fallout 4, but this is a new series. It's a new franchise. It's something that I could really see becoming a big deal. But mind you... If this is successful, we're not getting another one for 15 years. So I can see myself really playing it for one hell of a long time. The, the ship customization there's they made a ship that was like a mech and it looked like jet jaguar from godzilla there was the woman who turns her ship into making it look like a platypus they do spiders apparently you can fully deck out your ship all colors and then you can be like oh i want better guns and i want better storage and i want better thrusters and i'm just going to be a space pirate or i'm just going to be like a han solo type or i'm just going to be a dude who races his ship like i want to be able to get to here to the to these other parsecs like that just super super quick I, I should talk about the collector's edition, and it made me laugh because I saw so many people going, oh, no, I missed out on the collector's edition. And I was like, yeah, you obviously weren't around for the Fallout 4 collector's edition. That I don't think I've ever told the story here. I might have. I didn't have a debit card at the time. I was uh, almost going to get out of high school. And I don't think I got one for like a few more months after it was announced or a credit card anything. I was just doing cash like a caveman. And I had a friend with a debit card and we were in the car together and I go, yo, if you buy that for me right now, if you pre-order the 120 or whatever it is, I will get you cash as soon as we stop the car and I see an ATM. I was like, I can pull it out. Dude bought it. His got canceled. And then he knew how important it was for me to get it. And he paid resale. He paid like 180 for mine. I don't know if I ever told the story. Shout out to Ben. I doubt he knows the show even exists, but he hooked it up. The collector's edition. Sorry, let me get back to that. It's a watch. It's a smart watch, and it's it's a watch much like you wear in game. And I was thinking about getting it. I think the Hyper Chronicle memory. But I was thinking about getting it for the box alone. The constellation patch is cool. The the, the, the main faction of the game. That's dope. All that stuff's super cool. I want the box. The way it like latches and twists. It just like like the designer said, very much reminiscent. Of 60s and 70s NASA, an era that I just adore. The building that they've redone—you can build on planets in almost any location. You can put down stuff almost anywhere. Just—it's a top-down view, so you go into first person and add stuff later. Big fan. There's, there's just, just the weapon mods. There's, I'm so excited for this. This is a game that I can't, I can't believe that I'm excited for this to be completely honest with you. I can't believe that I'm as excited as I am for this game. I really thought I never was going to be excited for games like ever. It's like, okay, Fallout's coming out. Cool, Elder Scrolls is coming out. Like I'll play them a few games here or there. I'll switch indie every now and again. Leave me a comment below. Let me know what you're most excited for. I'm so excited to to I'm so excited to play this. I'm so ready. Uh, I'm just I this is a game that I want to play. I want to be I'm thinking about taking off of work on the 6th and sitting at home all day. I'm gonna go to the Midnight release. This is probably gonna be the last midnight release I ever go to. Which is a very, very sad thing to say because I love midnight releases. This is most likely gonna be the last one though, just because the collector's edition of the game doesn't come with a physical copy; comes with a download code, which upset me. It's a big reason why I didn't go after it. Uh, the the hundred dollar version of the game, which comes with a steel book and a couple other things, comes with I think a patch as well. But it comes with uh, a physical copy. I might do that one. If not, I'm just buying the regular schmegular edition. I can't wait to play this. Please, in the comments below, let me know what you want to play the most out of this. What do you want to do? It's only on Xbox, baby. And it's only on Series X and S. NPC. And I'm super excited to play it. I can't wait to hear from you guys on what you want to do. I Please don't spoil this for me. Please. I beg of thee. It's really all I have for you this week. Thank you for joining me. The intro music is by the one and only Shane Ivers. All of his free heaters over at silvermansounds.com slash free music. There's a link in the description of my Twitter, the show's Twitter, and Kyle's Twitter. There's also a link down there to the Patreon. Again, join the Patreon if you have the facilities. At a dollar, your voice is heard. All the way to the $10 tier, your voice is heard for the lore. And at the $10 tier, you can listen to these episodes be recorded live. Thank you to anybody who supports on the Red Bubble. I love you very, very much. Thank you for being here. I will see you in the starfields. I love you, and I'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. This has been a production made by your friends at Goulman Entertainment.